0: I'm not afraid to we from 8 p.m. to 9 p.m. with tips, she the trophy. And we keep making moves by coastal. Yeah, not a sucker to believe, but I told you. Rain out, about to be your household name. Pained out, mean with your pop, more change. going like Odell. Shout out to Rochelle. Network is Saturdays, about to be your we get into it. Can't forget Fridays. Gotta be inspired by Linda H. While you ride on the interstate, we got Sundays with sunshine from 5 to 6. While you're munching on your dinner plate, make sure to tune in. And tap in with the movement, cause it's about to go down. Shout out Discover this, Captain of the Mothership. You ain't know that you know now.
1: Hey everyone, this is Andreas. We are in a new day and age with this pandemic. I'm talking about that Rona, AKA COVID-19. It's gonna to
2: come to the point where you need to be tested. That's when McCain Labs comes in. They offer COVID-19 testing. They have the rapid testing for 80, regular testing, which is five days for free, and that anti-body test for 25. Call them at 478-461-4488. That's 478-461-4488. Or you can swing by 1546 A, Rocky Creek Road, Macon, Georgia 31206. Go get tested like I did. McCain Labs, home of the $30 lab
1: test.
3: Banged worldwide. We get banged up. World, world banged up. Yeah. Call up 917 889 8041. This the Banged Out Radio show. We controlling the globe and we second to no one. Every time we emerge, we put in that work. In bang that do it for the I love Wizards from 8 p.m. to 9 p.m. with tipsy you the trophy. And we keep making moves by coastal. yeah None of them suckers didn't believe, but I told you. Famed out, about to be your household name. And out mean when well, you pop on change. We keep in the real, we're gonna lick no help with chest so tune in when you better be. But we getting fancy with Nancy on Thursday at 7 p.m. For making face therapy. Falling like Odell. Shout out to Rochelle. Networking Saturdays, about to be your movie. Gotta go big, it's the only way to do it. It's the conglomerate, we get into it. Paper here Friday, gotta be just buyable in the age. While you ride on the interstate, we got Sundays with sunshine from 5 to 6. While you're watching on your dinner plate, make sure to tune in and tap in with the movement. Cause it's about to go down. Shout out Discover this, Captain of the Mothership. If you ain't know, that you know now.
1: Which means if you were listening to me, we made it! <laughs> we made it, and you should all be celebrating. Thank you so much for joining me for uh, season two, episode one of Making Headspaces Therapy Thursdays, which are every Thursday at 7 p.m. I'm your host, Fancy Nancy, and I'm so happy that you're joining me tonight for a discussion on the recent U.S. election results. Um, the starting off of 2021, and so much more. Um, I'm also going to let you guys know that we have a special new co-host. It is my friend and uh, confidant, Kashika Phillips, and she is going to be um, helping me co-host Therapy Thursdays going forward and also introducing a new segment to the show called Undiagnosed. Um, so without further ado, i'm gonna bring her in. Kiki, are you there, girl?
2: Hey, I'm here. oh
1: she is hey, hey girl. hey <laughs> I have girl, um, thank you for the
2: introduction. I'm excited
1: for her today, right. I'm excited too. and we're just gonna talk today about our thoughts about the current events going on in the in America uh, about mental wellness and Um, share with you um, information about the upcoming episodes that I have and um, the guests that we will be speaking with throughout the year. So without any further ado, let's get started. Hey, Kiki, how's it going? This week has been pretty interesting, has it not?
2: Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely.
1: Uh,
2: I saw a post that pretty much says that they wanted to give back 2021, that they did the seven-day
1: free trial. I don't know if you saw it. right I shared it I definitely shared it (laughs) (laughs) right I was like I totally get that do not like it um yeah how are you doing how are you doing I'm 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 good but I I think I'm I'm kind of depressed (laughs) like I don't even know if that's like the right word but like I think that I um, was so excited to like start the new year and like, yes, 2020 is over. And then when I watched them storm the Capitol, I was like, oh, okay, it's still crazy. And it's still 2021. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's still 2020 Mm -hmm. stuff going on in 2021. And this is kind of sad. But things like Georgia being the new blue state to be in, um With all the hard work of Stacey Abrams, electing our two new senators, Ossoff and Warnock, Um those things, like, did make me feel happy. It's just the whole storming of the Capitol thing just made me just, I don't know, <laughs> like. Yeah, and they're both all in the same day, right, pretty much? Right. Right, and then like people aren't talking about it as much, but people not only stormed the U.S. Capitol, but they also went and surrounded or tried to surround and protest at um, state capitals too. So they were at the Georgia State Capitol. They were at like the Kentucky um, State Capitol. Like they went like other places, and I, and and if I'm not mistaken, some of these places may have been. Um, under siege or broken into as well so that it just kind of freaked me out because i'm just like oh they surround me i feel
2: like this is just a warning of what's to come i don't know if it's true or not but i'm still i'm like even a little bit more terrified to see what else they might do you know like i heard they were saying like if you don't listen to our speech then you're gonna have to like listen to our guns or something like you know like the different posters that they had and i'm just I don't know, I'm just, like, really fearful about, and I don't know why we're acting like we can't find out what their next steps are, you know, and we have no idea. We're just sitting back and pretty much waiting.
1: And That's what's crazy. That's I think freaks me out, like, to know that we have no idea what the next steps are, and we also, like, we're not as organized as them, or at least I'm not. I don't go to any secret meetings trying to overthrow the government. So I just feel like there's people out here who are organized, and they are meeting, and they they were able to get all those people um, together to go ahead and basically run amok, you know? So mm-hmm. that, I don't know, that, you know, that 2021 just kind of made me feel like, oh, man, here we go, more craziness. Go. And then 2020 wasn't crazy from the beginning. Remember, everything started going crazy in March. So, to March, start a year no. off like this,
2: I'm just like, oh, boy. But I knew. I knew. Because, you know, my 2020 was so rough, I, like, I was at a point where I pretty much refused to declare that 2021 was going to be better. Because of the fear mm-hmm. that it might not be. You know, like, I didn't even want to Right. it. I didn't even want to think, right. like... 2021 is going to be my year, and, you know, because I'm just like, I thought 2020 would have been my year, and look what happened. It's the worst mm-hmm. year ever, and I'm even scared to say that because I don't know what 2021 has in store for me. So I don't know. Just... But you know
1: what? It's so funny that you say that because it was like your worst and best year. You know? Yeah. It was the worst year because you lost your parents. Um, You did go through the miscarriage. And, you know, you were struggling, but then you got married, um, you know, you, you're pregnant now, um, mm-hmm. and you're going through this, like, healing, and it all happened in 2020. And that's been, that's been the, the interesting part, too, trying to reckon with the fact that in the midst of the storm, there's still blessings. And mm-hmm. so, you know, you, now more than ever, it's important to have a strong sense of faith and to really exactly. um, know your why. Yeah. And I think it's also crazy, um, that like you and I don't know. we normally talk every day, but we didn't normally pray every day. And we started doing this prayer call in the mornings at eight AM um in twenty twenty before the the world hit the fan. You know, mm-hmm. and it's just it's just I feel like God was like already giving us what we needed. Um, but it's
2: just, and I tell people every, I tell people that all the time, like, I don't know how the prayer group started. I was like, you know, you and, you know, Natasha, our sister, you guys started the group and invited me and I don't know where I would be without that group because it was just so much happening at so, in such a short span of time and like you said, like, we really need to have faith through this whole thing, and I think that's a big reason why I don't want to declare anything because at the end of the day, it's not up to me. It's up to, you know, God's plan, so it's like just have faith that whatever it is, you'll be able to overcome, you know what I mean? Like, it's made for you. Like, this is your story. This is your path, but I'm just – I just can't. I don't know. I have this big fear of like declaring, like, and I don't know. That might be a bad thing, but I am strong with my faith because of you know our calls every morning.
1: Right, right, and honestly, um, one thing that I I think I've realized from my prayer calls, not just the the strength um, that my faith has like experienced, but also like, I can recognize when my faith is being tested, you know, or when, like, Mm -hmm. an excuse is being made um, for prayer or something like that, when normally I would just, like, you know, not pray or just, like, be in my funk. Now, I I kind of recognize those moments and I consider them spiritual attacks. So, I might be, you know, not 100% correct with that. It might just be something that I'm personally dealing with, but it's allowed me to kind of fight for my faith more, if that makes sense. And to not Mm -hmm. just expect it to be on 100 every day, but to fight to protect it and to recognize when there's energy or spirits or whatever it is around me that might be, um, you know, making it harder for me to have faith that day. And I I mean, that's that's the best that I can do for right now because, I don't know, just the unseen things like COVID are so stressful. Um, the losses that our community has taken, but then also the seen things, like again, going back to the Capitol. And, um, there was a woman that was shot in the chest and who later died yeah. from her injuries. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just looking at how they're writing the, the headlines. Her name was Ashley Babbitt and protester killed at Capitol was Air Force vet from California. You mean the domestic terrorist that was killed at the Capitol? You know, right. like, right. come on, this is the face of domestic terrorism. She's in her MAGA hot, smiling. She was really ready, willing, and able to die for Trump. And she did. Mm-hmm. And this is someone who probably like, like this, this looks like just people that I'm around every single day. This is like a regular person, you know? And it's like, threats unseen and it's the threat seen that is just making this time feel stressful.
2: Exactly. And I think it's so interesting because I know uh the first response of every black person I saw it was like, We could never. We wouldn't have, not even say we would never, but we could never and have gotten that far. Like it just doesn't make any sense with how far they got into the Capitol. And like how you said the labels that they're using on the news. It's just the whole roundabout situation of watching it happen and us who who have marched for Black Lives Matter and getting a completely different response and being able to compare it to. You know, like it's just I don't know, it's crazy to me. It's crazy. And I don't I think I don't know if I told you but I'm a part of like this this racism group. I don't know how I even ended up in there. And I'm in the group and it's like maybe about four of the white people. And for some reason they just kept ask, they kept they kept they felt the need to kept asking me about my black opinion. I mean literally like one lady even <laughs> asked me how do I wake up in the morning? <laughs> and I okay. Like, I was like
1: I was like, seriously? She okay. Was like, I
2: can't get it. Like, how do you wake up like, you know, it's just so hard being black. Like how do you do it? And I was just like looking at her like First of all, why well, am I the only black person in here? <laughs> it's like, yeah, why like how am, to, how am I supposed to answer that? Like, I was just like, I don't know, hope. Like, what you want me to tell you? Like, I was like, she's like, you know, we're just so privileged. Anyway, it just goes way deeper, and we had a whole conversation, I had to, like, really read them real quick. But,
1: you it know, it's, like, so really you no idea. it's so funny that you mentioned this stuff, too, because not only do people have no idea, but they're starting to, but um it's been like this, and we've been trying to tell people forever, and it's just like, you know, like we were making stuff up or something. And now what I think is most important about these moments is it's not just about me convincing um, people who don't look at like me that this is what we're going through. The whole world can see it. The whole world can see it. So even if you guys don't want to face it or believe it's true, the whole world can see how you're treating people. And they can mm-hmm. see how you arrested 14,000 people at the George Ford pl- protest and had militarized police um, dressed in SWAT gear ready to, like, beat us down and hold us down, and then you let these people come in, open up the gate for them. And I just want to um talk a little bit about racism and mental health on that note. Um, there's some t- statistics that I want to share with you guys from one of my favorite sources, Mental Health America, um, and it talks about how people of color and all those lives uh, who have been marginalized by those in power experience life differently from those whose lives have not been devalued. Um, we experience overt racism and bigotry far too often, which leads to mental health burdens that is deeper than what others may face. Um, So, some of the types of racism are not just racism, um, but systemic racism, interpersonal racism, institutional Mm -hmm. racism, internalized racism. Um, There is a concept about reverse racism. But it was a term created by and for white people who want to perpetuate racism by denying their privilege in all forms and claiming that fighting to improve the lives of BIPOC people is somehow racist against white people. Um, Then there's actual oppression, which is the use of power to dominate over another. And then there's also racial trauma. Okay, Um, you've seen racism Rear its ugly head in mental health services by the misdiagnosis of schizophrenia. Um, When treating Black and African American clients, clinicians tend to overemphasize the relevance of psychotic psychotic symptoms, and overlook symptoms of major depression when compared to treating clients with other racial or ethnic backgrounds. For this reason, Black men in particular are greatly overdiagnosed with schizophrenia. They're actually four times more likely to be diagnosed with schizophrenia than their white male counterparts. Furthermore, Black people in general are significantly more likely to be diagnosed with schizophrenia alone when a mood disorder is also present than white people. So we're, we're, we end up with schizophrenia diagnosis without a mood disorder diagnosis, and, and it, it prevents us from getting the right treatment that we need and from becoming um, functioning citizens. And then with BIPOC youth, um, behavior and mental health conditions are more likely to be directed to... Um, BIPOC youth with behavioral and mental health conditions are more likely to be directed to the juvenile justice system than to specialty care institutions compared with, um, you know, white youth. And and so we're we're not treating the depression. We're not treating the right actual diagnosis. We're not treating our youth because this system is making us kind of funnel uh, black people and people of color to um, prison. Um To juvenile detention centers, or just completely misdiagnosing them um and so I just you know i wonder what do you what do you think about that? um there's a lot more statistics I could share as well about how black adults are twenty percent more likely to report serious psychological distress than adult whites, but then they don't get the help they need or they're misdiagnosed mm-hmm. um what What do you think about these things, because this is the stuff that needs to be addressed, like these are the policies that need to change, these are the um social systems that need to be put in place to to really help us because this is what's happening with the with the system the way it is
2: honestly, for me, you know you hear the statistics you you live black lives I'm not even surprised by it um I'm surprised that they're able to really figure out what's the number that's being reported, because I feel like even with those numbers, it's probably even higher. I feel like black people in the medical system, mental health system, are always, not always, but majority of the time mistreated, especially if they're being treated by people who are not like them, unfortunately. I mean, I see it in the health systems up here, and I'm not surprised by it, but like how you said, the main question is, like, where do you start to change these numbers? Like, what does it even look like? You know, like, you said policies, but what is it? Do we have people who go to school to change these policies? Like, how much of a change can you really see And like, a timeline of it? You know, I don't mean to sound like I'm not hopeful or anything. I do believe that we can start making this change for generations to come. But it's just like, where do you even start? And I feel like because of the racism and because of um, all of these different, you know, very reasonable vocab, whatever, all of these different terms that are out there, it's just now a maze to really even figure out what area and where do you sit and where do your issues align with what, you know, like, I don't know. It's, mm-hmm. just, it's just a lot.
1: No, but you – it is a lot, but I think you actually have um, said some of, of, of the answers because I think that there definitely is um, – a need for us to go to school and, and get those positions that will allow us to create policy. Um, mm-hmm. I I grew up hearing about being a, lot, a doctor or a lawyer, a basketball player, a singer, a rapper, an actress. We need to expand um, our, you know, I don't know. I guess we need to expand our thoughts on what is a, a prestigious role for black people to have, and excuse me, I suddenly have developed the hiccups, so bear with me. But, for instance, um, there's a a program at uh, Georgia Tech and uh, at Georgia State University that is called, um, that is an urban studies program. And it's a program where you can uh, get uh, your master's in um, focusing on all the the urban phenomena phenomena that they that or so they call it. So basically you'll be studying how gentrification affects um your neighborhoods, how um the community should develop, how to transport um, people uh, with uh, in a in a way that's more equitable. Um, global pandemics, the future of the suburbs, and I've never heard about urban studies. Um, Syracuse mm-hmm. has, a, has a great urban studies program at apparently the Maxwell School, but I didn't even think about pursuing these taking careers a or mm-hmm. taking the class exactly because it's not something that was talked about in my culture, and and when you Get a career after getting these trainings, you go into the public sector. These are the people that run the local authority departments, the planning and economic and development departments for state and federal governments. These are the people that come up with how they're going to run your making housing authority, how the projects are going to be run, how they're going to even decorate them or not decorate them, provide landscaping or not provide landscaping. These are the people that go into the private sector. They're the ones who go into real estate, environmental consultancy, social enterprises private developers, architects and design firms, smart city engineering firms, these are the people who design where we live. Um, they That's run it. the the nonprofits and the, the philanthropic organizations and they mm-hmm. focus on urban development and they decide who's gonna get what, what zip codes are gonna get what resources, what bus lines are gonna bring people where. So when we're struggling, Saying, "Hey, there's no bus here. There's no shelter at this bus stop. There's no sidewalk here. There's there's no resources here. It's because we don't have these degrees and we haven't gone for these type
2: That's of I'm careers." Gonna I'm gonna say you bring up a really good point because, like how you said, we even know that these classes even exist, and I feel like you know, not especially where I come from, our school system is not the best. I'm not gonna call it trash, but you know, it, it aligns with it, and it's not like we, we have these opportunities to really learn what are the different careers out there. So by trying to go to college, you everybody's like liberal arts, and they still not really get an opportunity to really figure out, because what is it? You're going to be a teacher or a nurse, like the most basic thing, a cop, right. a doctor, an accountant. But, no, it can become so much more deeper than that, like, what economics, no, you're talking about – you just listed a whole sheet of professions that I've never right. even heard of. You know, or, or I can probably try to figure out what they are. But going to school and going to high school and you don't know about these things, and yes, this is right. the generation that we're relying on to grow up and make, cha- make the changes that we need. Because if we go right. and try to address those issues, issues that we have now with people that are in those seats, they're not hearing us. And more than likely, they're not from my community. That's another big part, too. They're not from here and they're so-called helping here. And, but if we, were, <laughs> if we had these type of things in high school or, like, informing and making these options more clear, I think that that could do something. I just, I don't know the possibility. No, 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 but
1: it. you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And, and I'm getting to the point, after seeing what happened at the Capitol, it's not by happenstance. It's not by mistake. They are purposely not giving you these choices in colleges yep. and certain systems. Yep. They're not telling you about it. They don't want you to go for it. They do want you to live in generations in, in poverty and in, in, in housing developments. Like, there has been a structure put in place to keep you from knowing these things. This is not yep. just something that we just, you know, just don't know. It has been purposely not shown to us, not given to us. And so, and relating this back to, um, mental health, um, there, there was a study done this year, July 8th, 2020. And it talks about how the recent turmoil in response to police brutality against black communities in the USA and other Western countries has led the American psychological association to divine racism as a pandemic. Mm, okay. Mm, mm, mm. It has also prompted um uh, some associations of mental health professionals, the Royal College of Psychiatrists, American Psychiatric Association, American Psychological Association, and the Canadian Psychological Association to take a stand against racism and urge governments to respond to the impact of such events on the mental health of black communities. There are consequences to racial discrimination, profiling, racist microaggressions, which is all I deal with in Macon, and racism on the physical and mental health of victims. They have been long known these consequences, and more research is needed to improve our understanding of these issues and develop services that don't perpetuate them. Your local governments need to make a stand that says that we are gonna take care of our citizens, we are gonna protect the, the mental health and the lives of people of color, and we're gonna put in policies in place to address what has been identified as a pandemic. It's not something that's a good idea. It's not something that you can do just because you know it seems like the right thing to do, it must be done. And, and, and if you don't do it, you are perpetuating racism. You are perpetuating systemic racism. That is where we have to now hold people accountable. You not providing anti-racist mental health care is you holding on to racism and physical and mental health. You are holding on to it by not standing against it. And, and that's, just, that's just where I am. Oh, did I lose your Kiki? Because I was really going. No, in. you're here.
2: No, yeah, I'm saying no. I'm here. This is
1: Nancy Atcher. Right. I, you know, I get, I get. You know, <laughs> and I'm gonna share. I'm gonna share all these resources, guys. I'm, I'm literally um gonna give you the link because this article is called "How to Provide Anti-Racist Mental Health Care." Okay, you can download the article. It's a professional peer-reviewed article. You know, and and if you're not doing these things, if you're, especially if you're a nonprofit organization collecting Mm -hmm. federal and public money and you're not committed to doing these things, it's time for us to hold you accountable. And we, as black people, we need to go get the training. We need to go get the certifications. We need to team up with people who have the knowledge on how to start the LLCs, how to start the nonprofits, how to write the grants so that we can start getting in front of these issues and stop having people who have not addressed their own internal biases, okay? Stop letting these people dictate our lives. They're killing us. They
2: are
1: killing us. But you also
2: have to understand it's going to be like a whole other fight to really make that change because you're going to have a whole – another group of people that is resistant this change, people that think our system is fine because they're benefiting from it. So not only do you have to sit here and try to gain the knowledge, you also have to fight for the federal money. You have to fight just to get a foot in the door that they don't want you in. And I'm not I don't I can't say names or anything, but it's very obvious. It's like you said it's racism. And I'm sure it's like some fancy crime, systematic, whatever. Some kind of racism out there that makes it harder you to get an equal advantage in trying to make the change that you see.
0: Well, and again, I, I don't need okay. to be,
2: you know, not hopeful or anything like that. But I really feel like people need to understand that, you know, why you're make, you're being passionate and making this change. You also need to understand that the challenges that you're going to face, even though when you do overcome, your reward is going to be twice as, you know, way better. But at the same time, you have to acknowledge like you can't sit there and compare to their journey, because, you know, it's especially that well, way I, for a reason.
1: I understand what you're saying, and I think that's why I'm really starting to gather the research, starting to put these numbers together, starting to share them, and doing more things behind the scenes, because it's like, I think, in an effort to not hurt people's feelings, to not make people feel like I'm angry, to not be diagnosed or to be um, viewed as the angry black woman, I haven't really... Um, I don't know. I haven't really tried to hold people accountable or call them out for what I believe is incognizant racism. Incognizant racism is it, racism is a is a term that I learned in school, and it's basically what I think is 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 a lot of people suffer with, and it's a it's a hypothesis that says that. The, the journalists, people, nonprofit leaders um they they report and respond and treat minority issues and people differently, and it is because of their own internal uh biases and um they don't address them, you know they don't address them and they call it incognizant because they say, oh, they're not even aware that they have this racism in them but my thing. And we, and we read a book called White News, Why Local News Programs Don't Cover People of Color, um, written back mm-hmm. in two thousand, twenty one 21 years ago. So there's so much research that talks and shows that this is an issue. To me, is it fair to even call it incogn- incogn- incognizant any, anymore? Because I think at this point there's like a, a choice um, of woeful ignorance. Like you, you're committed to your ignorance. And I think to espouse whiteness, whiteness and to, to do the things that you do and to keep getting funding and, and saying that you're addressing these issues when all the research in the census and in any other studies that are done are shown shows that the issues are getting worse, especially here in Macon. Concentrated poverty has increased. Number one city for redlining. I'm sure um, you know people's incomes have dropped. The employment rate has raised. Majority of this county is black. These people are not being helped, despite all this evidence that shows that what they're doing is ineffective. They will be committed to this incognizant racism, this ignorance that says, "Oh, but I'm helping because it makes me feel good to help." That that's the reason why I deserve this position and this money and this grant. When so when tough. we're suffering and it's ineffective, that to me is the saddest part. I know. I, I mean, the moment that you
2: get paid off of somebody else's um pain, like. You can't grant money to help someone out of some painful situation, and you're relying on that money for an income. You're gonna drag that out for as long as you can. You're not gonna really want to right. be resolved because you right. need to get paid so you can send your kids to school. You know, and I know that there's many people like that in Patterson. They're not really trying to fix the situation. Maybe put a bandaid on them. but I also want to go back to something that you mentioned before about you know speaking up and calling people out on their their crap. And I forgot what I was watching, but it was something like non-racism versus anti-racism. So it could be one way where you'd be like, I'm not racist because I don't use the N-word. But you're very passive about it. <clears throat> and anti-racism, you have to be more aggressive. You have to call them out. Otherwise, you're not an anti-racist, which I feel is very interesting. You know, if you have to be yeah. sort of a former ally, you have to call them out when they are completely wrong, you know?
1: Right. And I and didn't you really have to understand also- the difference that you Ibram, um Kindy um is the writer uh, the author of the uh book um how to be a uh, anti-racist and and it's exactly that it's, it's 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 um allyship is a verb not just a noun type of approach and it's not right. just calling people out it's holding your own self accountable if you work If you work at an organization right now that does not have any person of color full-time in your executive or C-level staff, your institution is perpetuating systemic racism. And it's just point blank period. It is 2021. They say black women are the number one growing educated population in the country there is no and it, there's no reason why you can't find an educated qualified person of color to be on your staff and you should be intentional about it if your organization has been going on 5 10 20 plus years and has never had a black president a black ceo a black executive director you are the problem You are the problem, especially when you tell me that you're addressing those populations. You're addressing those people of color, but you're not letting them make any leadership decisions. You know how many um, focus groups you're in as a person of color? They want to hear how to get you the help. They want to hear your ideas. They want to take all that from you, but then they don't Mm -hmm. put you in a position to actually execute it. They write the grant and then they go run the program or the organization Mm -hmm. themselves. and It's ineffective. Mm -hmm. They're not from these neighborhoods. They haven't gone through these issues. They don't even go to these neighborhoods to drop off the goods. There's so many people down here that boast about all the stuff that they collect and then they get black people to go drop the stuff off. They're not even going to they're not, stuff off. They're and not they even. The oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much, for I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, that's it. That's it. It's just. No, I'm throwing it on the thing. We keep
2: talking over each other. I'm gonna say okay, okay, all okay, it all It's, it's like they keep saying to you, "Thank you for doing the groundwork." That's all I'm trying to say. Oh my gosh,
1: Thank you for doing the groundwork. Thank you. Mm-hmm. That is literally <laughs> what I see in making. And then uh, even, even what's even more disgusting to me is that. Then they'll give each other awards and pat each other on the back for going to help yep. black people. Yep. And I'm like, but you weren't even there. You were not even there. But you expect us to man it. You expect us to volunteer, us to sign up, us to do all the groundwork, as you call it, because it's like your intellectual property is so much better. than than what we have to offer, when we have the same degrees and the same skill set. Then on top of that, we're going through all this police brutality. We're watching all the hate against us, all the violence against us. We're watching um, people uh, get off scot-free after they come in our house and shoot us to death while we're sleeping, eating ice cream, playing video games, doing anything. We're watching all of that, and you still expect us to show up and give 100% and do the job not be affected by anything that's going on, come back home, bury our loved ones that are dying from COVID, that aren't getting the same treatment in hospitals, and then still show up and be this great, wonderful worker employee that is going through all these things. And, and, and it's just it's just crazy to me. It, it's like the only way to survive in this culture is to, to, to just like, to almost like act like, you know, like, like you have to, like, be, you have to espouse white culture. You have to almost disconnect from black culture because to be in it and to be going through it, you you can't, it's, it's hard to function. But there's no sympathy. Yeah. yeah, they don't got no sympathy about what they're going through, what you're going through, even when the people that look like them are putting you through it. And so since there's no sympathy, you have to kind of just... Just get along with them and joke and laugh with them like everything's okay when you're burying your family, when the world is burning down around you, when people who look like them are terrorizing you, breaking into capital offices. None of that matters as a black person. You're still supposed to show up and show out, but they're still not going to give you the position on a C-level executive level despite you doing all that. They're still going to put you on the groundwork level, and, and and that has to stop. And the only way it's going to stop is if we get the degrees, if we run the nonprofits, if we write the grants and, and go for the funding ourselves and stop letting these people pimp our poverty and pimp our pain and tell us that they're helping us when they're not.
3: I can't agree with you more. You
1: gotta be ready for the war. Right. And, and it's like, it's so sad to see that there's people who are told, supposed to be helping that have been hurting more than helping. And and they, and, and they're not even open to having that conversation. It's, it's like more like they're so worried about feeling bad about being called out that they won't like, just, you know, have that conversation. So it's time for your, us to, like, just team up with the people that do care, the people who are committed, not just to saying that they're not racist, but to being anti-racist and go from there. But, you know, girl, I just went on my whole spiel. You know, I get passionate about this. What are you thinking? Give me more, Kiki. Give me
2: more. I ain't got nothing else to say. You never set a whole mouthful.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I was like, your train. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. Um, I like he did yeah, you y'all should have seen me. I had to stand up and talk. If you if you know me, when I start standing up and pacing, that's when I'm really um into what I'm talking about. And I'm just I'm ready for this change and seeing Georgia turn blue uh has made me realize wild. that Yeah, that this is gonna happen. This is definitely going to happen. The change is going to come and everything is going to be okay. Um, somebody it, was telling me today that
2: I didn't know that, because, you know, I've been since, I don't know, I'm not really, whatever. Anyway, somebody was telling me today about um, how Stacey Abraham, put the the first election was stolen from her or something like that. Yeah. And how yes, it really good that she came back and won. And I was just like, mm-hmm. wow, that's crazy. Like, her could be stolen from you to know that it's stolen from you like did he get locked up like how did that even happen and why also, is nobody being prosecuted for it huh no he's he's, he's our governor <laughs> what are you
1: talking about that's the craziest
2: part like how are people not being prosecuted like when you mentioned yesterday in the group message and you said 10 like, how many people got locked up from george floyd how many people got locked up yesterday that is mind-blowing to me, like that big of a difference. Why is that okay? Like, I don't understand. Why is that okay?
1: No, it's, it's so funny that you bring up Stacey Abrams because there was a lot of voter suppression that happened. Like, they just, like, completely unplugged the voter cards and I mean anything and everything you could think of they, they did to just make it so people couldn't vote here. So that's why they feel like the election was stolen from her because people were standing in line to vote that was gonna vote for her that couldn't vote. And then they just did this whole thing, um where they just kind of like, I don't know, they just made us deal with it, you know, and they didn't they didn't um investigate it. Um they didn't um you know go in and try to, uh, you know, recount it the way Bush was um, recounting. But what she did um, is since Georgia is a very divided state or whatever, and the white population is still very largely Republican, the communities of color are more largely Democratic-leaning. So um, in 2014, uh had... Well, in 2014, when they were electing Obama, 1.1 million Democrats showed up in um, Georgia. But when she went to run, 1.9 million people showed up. So there was an additional 800,000 people that spoke up that hadn't spoke up before. And she focused on those people. She focused on making sure they got registered, that (laughs) there wasn't any voter um, suppression. She started, like, her own... um, Uh, organization found here uh, after she lost the election. Um, I think it's called uh, Fair Fight. Um, That's all about advocating for free and fair elections. And that's how she was able to work and turn Georgia blue. She is one of the most inspirational people in my life because she has shown me when people try to knock you down, when people don't care about your well-being or your health, when they're willing to do whatever it takes to cover themselves and not really take care of you, you don't let that knock you down. You let you fight. You keep going. And when you fight and keep going, you can have amazing results. You know what I'm saying? If she had felt defeated and felt like, oh man, they didn't pick me and they stole it from me and blah blah blah, then we wouldn't have a blue Georgia. You know what I'm saying? She kept fighting, and it, it's something that she's been working on for years. It's not something that happens overnight either. Um, so I I, I think that's a great Uh, topic that you brought up and trying to tie it back into the mental toll of racism. um, There's another article that was um, published by PBS that I will also be sharing. And it talks about um, how there has been an increased rate of suicidal behavior among black children and adolescents over the last 20 years. Yeah. Particularly between the ages of five and 12. What? Okay. Where? Where? Is it a certain yeah. place or is it just a study? This is just America. This is just America. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, and uh, the increased rate is likely related to the amount of images and discourse about race related violence that circulates in the media and is easily accessible to children. Images of people who look like them being killed by the police or due to racist attacks make kids feel perhaps a sense of hopelessness and despair. In addition to this violence, um, poverty is often an effect on mental health, and the black and Latino populations are disproportionately affected by poverty in America. Lastly, there's trauma. Um, paranoia is experienced by many black youth because they see the violence attached to racism in the U.S., and they start to think heavily about the possibility that this kind of violence can happen to them or someone they love, which can lead to depression. Suicide then becomes a coping mechanism. Um, I'm going to publish this article and there's, there's a lot more in this article to unpack, but not only is de- not only are the acts of violence against us, um, taking a mental toll on us, but just seeing these acts over and over again, how many times did they play the George Floyd video? Watching no, no, it's Jane. ridiculous. But him. you know what I also
2: I, think is missing too, though? With that is that I don't know if it's happening or not, but I don't I don't think we're having these hard conversations with the kids when they're young, you know?
1: Right.
2: Like right. what is really happening and we're trying to just leave them out there to kinda think for themselves and not having these difficult conversations. So I'm thinking about Jordan, he's six and he lost both of my parents and you know, he kept saying the word die and dead and, we have to really just sit down and talk to him and like understand that he's grieving too. If we didn't leave him to go figure it out by himself, now he knows what death is. If he figures out how to do it, you know what I'm saying? Like it just becomes a spiral and we're not having these conversations. We're not even, I don't think we even know how to have those conversations.
1: Right. And that's why our first episode about grief was so important and how to talk about grief and, um, that's why I have this podcast because it's just time to talk about it. I'm not the expert. I'm not licensed. I'm not trained to treat you, but I do provide resources that you can find how to treat yourself. Um, Makeaheadspace.com has a list of all uh, local therapist on, on a map. Um, I haven't announced this publicly anywhere yet, but I will be. Um, making Headspace is teaming up with Mercer University to cover all of our social media and marketing. Um, so we'll be having a lot more updates on the website and, and our mm-hmm. print material. Right. Right, um, so that I can make sure that I am getting this stuff out to you. And um, I'm also working to line up a lot more interviews for uh making Head spaces podcast therapy thursday podcast next week we'll be interviewing Billy Slum yes 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 and you may not be familiar with him um being that yeah. you're up in jersey but um Billy Slum is a local music artist down here um apparently um you know he he's, he's a well-known artist that people have listened to for years and he um even performed with some more well-known um, music artists in the past. Um, but he has gone through a lot and I'm bringing him on here to not only talk about his music, but to talk about the real stuff. Um, he, uh, shared not too long ago that he had had a cancer scare in his past. Wow. Um, he also, um, just recently dropped a new album and he has songs on there that, um, that are real, um, and that talk about, things that, you know, black men are going through. And I just think it's awesome that someone is making music like that. And I think it's great to see um, a public symbol for making, um, kind of sharing stories about, you know, um, the real stuff that's going on. And then he also has a story, on a song on there that I love. It's called Mood. And um, it's like it just it's like an uplifting song for black women, uh, for black women. And I just I'm happy that he made music like that because, um, you know, black men don't always make music to celebrate us. You know, they make music about laying us down, but not about lifting us up all the time. So I can't wait to talk to him, um, next week. Uh, he'll be coming on. Absolutely. And I really feel
2: like um I'm looking forward to that. So if you could like uh I don't know, just send me the link, but maybe you could share it like for other people to listen to or to kinda check of check them out before the interview to kind of get an yes. idea. But yes. I I, I wanna know I want I want you to send me the too personally as well. So
0: yes,
2: I can get I an idea. It sounds great. I
1: definitely will. That's a great idea, Kiki. I will not only make a flyer but I will um share all the links to his music and to his pages so that you can check him out and see uh what he's about um before he he gets on here. Um you guys have actually already heard him. He does the intro to uh he does the radio intro that you guys hear. Oh cool. Um, yeah, that's him. That's him. And so um we have actually uh, oh, a little over 10 minutes left before um we go so i'm actually going to play one song for you now and then um we'll we can come back and talk about what you thought about the song and maybe even um talk a little bit about the new segment that kiki will be running called uh undiagnosed
2: okay
1: so let me see if i can find it okay
3: Okay,
1: I'm almost there guys, bear with me Okay, here we go
3: Uh. Oh, she bad, bad Got her own car, own crib, and her own bag And she keep a bit into herself, yeah, I won't dance Is she a move, yeah Face sticking on the right places. Runway ready, she be flyin' in a spaceship. Yeah, cause she in mood, yeah, yeah. A home- Know she don't need me, but she want me in this anything. thing More than a lover, she my homie, that's on thing. Shout out to them riders that be down for their man Keep me with her money, play, I'm like, that sound like a plan And we be getting goals, keeping everything low Had her popping like a pro out in Puerto Rico While we get to the money, she ain't never moving funny She know just how I want it, and I should keep it coming in my bag Got her own car, her own crib, and her own bag And she keep her bit to herself, yeah, I want that Cause she a mood, yeah, yeah, a home mood, yeah, yeah. Pretty in the face, sticking out the right places. Runway ready, she be flyin' in a spaceship, yeah. Cause she a mood, yeah, yeah, a home mood, yeah, yeah. Fashion over jeans, they be fittin' just right. She sit it down, never know, she just might. And every time I ride with her, we be on that old school. 90s R&B, she crazy sexy and so cool Dope vibes only in this air where we be at Looking for the spotlight, it gotta be where she at My little mama Sita. sexy senorita Classy like Anita, and I think I'm a her. Got her own car, her own crib, and her own bag And she keep a bending to herself, yeah, I want that. If She a mood, yeah, yeah A homo, yeah, yeah Pretty in the face, sticking out the right places. Runway ready, she be flyin' in a spaceship, yeah. Cause she a mood, yeah, yeah. A whole mood, yeah, yeah. And I love it. <laughs> yeah. It go hashtag mood, real big mood. She a whole mood, she do what she want to do. It go hashtag mood, real big mood. She a whole mood.
1: Yes, oh, that was I was moved by Bailey Slum. Yes. What, what do you think? What do you think? I
2: thought it was really good. I loved it. I thought that he had right. a nice flow, a nice voice. I like it. Nice on was Nice.
1: You can download the album on um, iTunes now. I actually think it's on all streaming platforms, but I know it's on iTunes or Apple Music, and um, the, the album is called Supernatural. So check that out. Um, but I just love that it's so uplifting. I'll be feeling like yes, I'm a whole mood. Um, so I I can't wait to bring him on and like just hear more about his story. And I just think it's important for black men and black women to like just take off the mask and to you know talk about the their struggles. You know, um, uh, I don't know. It's just it's just interesting. Like you you guys need to to share the real. And um, we're gonna be okay. doing that. Um, we also have Tony Guy coming up. Um, Tony Guy will be coming up. He is such a good friend of mine, even though I do not treat him as well as he deserves to be treated. So if you're listening, Tony, I'm sorry. But um, mm-hmm. he's going to be coming on and talking about um, financial services because, there, you know, there is no health without wealth or there is no wealth without health. So the finances go hand in hand with, with making sure that we're getting, uh, making that headspace. And um, he also um, is big into meditation. Um, He's done some meditation videos for me that I plan to edit and get up on my website now that Mercer is helping me out. Um, And he just has a lot that he can share. Um, And so I'm excited. When is he coming on? um, He's going to be coming on the the 21st, the week after Billy Slum. I'm and, um I have some guests that I signed up that are coming throughout the year. I got my friend Christelle Parnum coming. She runs um making black tech with her husband. She also runs hand tech designs um she just um took on the table virtual um she just did a successful making startup week and had Eric Thomas and other big names down here um so can't wait to talk to her more about just you know uh. All the initiatives she has going on, but I have done work with her to bring um, Elevate Retreat to Macon, which was an online virtual like mental health um, symposium that we did. Uh, we did it in July during National Minority Mental Health Week. Actually, Kiki, I was in your house when we when we were doing it. I
3: remember. remember.
1: Yeah, I blew up, mm-hmm. um, and I was still in 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 uh, Jersey in July, and so I was yes. doing the retreat from our bedroom. <laughs> from her son's bedroom, actually. Um, Andrea, who runs Choosing Quality of Life, Sequel, um, does a lot of work, is going to be bringing a free mental health clinic to Ranga here. She's coming on later on in the year, too. And um, I have a lot more guests that I'm signing up, some that are not from Georgia. I'm still um, going to be working to bring um, the... uh, Founder of the Confess Project, Lorenzo Lewis, back. Um, He started a nonprofit that basically helps barbers um, help their clients with mental health issues by training them to um, be mental health advocates. Um, He's hoping to build a culture of mental health for boys and men of color and their families by building um, this capacity and advocacy at the place where they all already go and let their hair down, the barbershop. So definitely wanna bring him on and hopefully work with him further in the future um, to do some more programming and initiatives in Macon. And so those are just some of the few that I'm bringing. Um, there are some other people that I'm hoping to coordinate with that um, was mentioned to me, uh, mental health advocates and our justice system, um, that people that run our alternative court system, which is basically a court system that you can go through if you are um, charged with a crime and they find out that you have a mental health issue to more so get you into treatment than just give you jail time. Um, and so, yeah, um, if you have any suggestions, people about who I want inter- to, who I should interview, just go ahead and let me know. Um, You can post it on uh, makingheadspace.com in the contact us page. You can post it on our Facebook page, send us a message or make a post, or you can even call in um, today or any uh, Thursday at 7 at 917-889-8041 with your suggestions or any questions or comments that you have about that. Um, so, you know, I, I've been running my mouth a lot, uh, Kiki. Um, do you have anything to add before we, we let them go as we wind down our last three minutes?
2: No, I think that this was great. Thank you so much for the invite. I'm looking forward to see all of the awesome things that this show is about to do. And, I mean, of course you're supposed to run your mouth. It's is your show. I'm just here to, you know, talk around you. I
3: guess <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> <No>. but again,
2: <laughs> Thank you
1: a lot, and, uh, you know, bye, everyone. I hope everyone stays safe and stay healthy. And, well, don't say you know, bye yet. Do don't say bye kind of yet. Um, we not? not like, no, i want to let you guys know, Kiki is um, my new co-host. She's coming on every episode that she is available, of course, and she's going to be running a segment called Undiagnosed. So um, I just wanted to end off the show with you telling people a little bit more about Undiagnosed and what's going to be okay. coming with that. Okay, so I know it's still in the works,
2: but um, definitely what it's going to be about is a little bit of, like, pop culture and all the different stuff that's going out there, um, you know, to kind of bring a little bit of um, light and laughter. And then, you know, talk about other people's problems. And then since we are not doctors or we're not clinicians or anything like that, we would pretty much just give our opinion of what we think it is. Um, but, of course, is undiagnosed or, you know, pretty much express their issues or try to really figure out what's going on, but from a mental health standpoint instead of just calling them, you know, outright crazy. They're not crazy. I always feel like it's something deeper. So, um, yeah, that's what I have. Um, that's what I'm hoping for, at least. But, you know, of course, me and Nancy will talk about a little bit more on the sidelines and come up with better ideas. But it's definitely going to be a segment uh, pertaining to, like hot topics and you know juicy gossip and but more from like a, a like I said a mental health side so we're not just love talking badly I about her
1: right exactly we 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 still don't probably talk badly about them but we probably <laughs> <laughs> right we, we're gonna try and I love this because it reminds me of when um this is going way back but when um, Empire first came out the show. I remember mm-hmm. everybody was online tweeting about it, and they were talking about what's wrong with the sun, what's wrong with the sun. And I said, um, he has bipolar, like he has a mental disorder. Mm-hmm. And so many people retweeted me and commented like, oh, oh, because they couldn't see it the way I saw it because I had such mm-hmm. a background with, with mental health. History with it. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, we just want you guys to see what those things might look like so you can identify it in yourself and others. Um, but yeah. on that note, we're gonna let you go. Um, thank you for joining us. Thank you for joining Making Head Spaces Therapy Thursdays. We'll be back with a fresh new episode next week at seven with my co-host Kiki Love. Say bye, Kiki. Mm-hmm. Bye. <laughs> Later, guys. See you next week.
0: Yeah. yeah. Told y'all this was a movement. Down. Down. Break down. Break. Down. East to west we can bang though North to south we can bang though Worldwide we can bang though Yeah break. Call up 917 889 for the Bang down radio show we controlling the globe and we second to no one every Tuesday to thursday we put in that work in call my is doing for the culture then it's one love we from 8 p.m to 9 p.m we we'll tip she the trophy and we keep making moves by coastal that' don't suckers didn't believe but i told you Bang down about to be your household name and banged out me with your pop more change falling like odell shout out to rochelle network and Saturday is about to be your movie gotta go big it's the only way to do we get into it. Can't forget Fridays. Gotta be inspired in the H. While you ride on the interstate, we got Sundays with sunshine from 5 to 6. While you're munching on your dinner plate, make sure to tune in. And tap in with the movement. Cause it's about to go down. Shout out Discover this, Captain of the Mothership. you ain't know, that you know now.